Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. It's a very exciting day here today at the Steelers Standard. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, is just about five days away. We're recording this on a Tuesday. And so on our second and third episodes, so this is news to Jacob, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Today. We will be drafting our all-time Steelers Super Bowl rosters. Oh, Players who played in Super Bowls for the Steelers are only eligible. So that's tough because that means some guys like Some guys you got to leave off. Cam. Cam can't make it right now. Uh, Blue Lips. There are random ones, too. Like, this is where, and we're going to debate it and hash it out and come up with our offense and our defense on the air. Uh, But, you know, like a guy like Antonio Brown, he played in a Super Bowl technically. But I'm, spoiler alert, he's not going to make my list because his impact in that Super Bowl just really was as minuscule as he got, he got hurt in that get. game, didn't he? He was a baby, too. It was, ba- right, it was Emmanuel baby Sanders got hurt in that game. Baby Brown and Pouncey got hurt before that. <laughs> well, and the A's Starting at center. So These are all not... discussions that we will table oh, for now man. and get to later. Give me a high vibe. I'm excited yeah, it's a good, one. It's a good topic, and I'm going to be excited to draft up that offense and that defense. But first, in the first episode, yeah. i got some other stuff I want to talk <clears> about. And then starting with the big news in Steelers Nation, obviously, is Brian Flores getting hired as the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. A round of applause for Happy Brian Flores. For Very well deserved. Are and you a little upset that you couldn't keep him for two a... years so you can get the comp pick? Well, he would have to also be a head coach. I think you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I he think would have to that. get a head coaching job. Yeah, I was for at least hoping he'd at least be here for two years, and then you, like you said, he'd have to get the head coaching gig after, and then you get a second round pick. That yeah, I got. Exactly, man. And that's something like the Niners are really reaping the benefits of that. Oh, yeah. D'Amico Ryans goes to mm-hmm. Houston, and they get a pick back, and they traded a lot of picks for Christian McC- Like They're replenishing their draft stock by having Shanahan create great, great head coaches, and one of the Steelers to kind of start to reap into that benefit as well with Brian Flores. It was not to be, and I'm not really that shocked that it's not to be either because I'm sure teams around the league viewed him in the position that he was in with the Steelers as a guy who is a little overqualified for what he's doing. So defensive coordinator is like the minimum of where I think that guy belongs right now. To that point, whatever success Brian Flores has down the road, do you put him under the scope of Mike Tomlin's coaching tree? You can't, right? I mean, he spent one year here. Yeah, I don't think such a such an what seemed like an uninvolved role. I think he's forever under Belichick's coaching tree, right? Yeah. That's where he really came up 
cut his teeth as that defensive right. coordinator, won Super Bowls for Belichick as his DC, then graduated to become the head coach from Belichick's school in Miami. So I think he's forever part of, of Bill's tree. So no is my answer to that no. question. And then I also like to say for some Steelers fans that had the notion of, hey, maybe you promote Flores here, keep him around here so you don't lose a valuable asset like that, make him the defensive coordinator here. I get you. I do. He's a bigger name than Terrell Austin. But what can you really point to from Terrell Austin's defense this year and say he deserves to be replaced? And Brian Flores obviously had a hand in that defense, but – uh, people, I, I think, like to just assign credit to areas that they want to assign credit to, and then, as a result, whether it's intentionally or not, discredit other people. Oh, Brian Flores, these you got to keep him around. You got to promote him to defensive coordinator. He's got to stick around in the in this organization. He's too valuable to lose. And by doing that, you're kind of discrediting the job that Austin did this year. And I think the defense got better as the year went on. They were dealt a really bad hand by losing T.J. Watt, their most important player, for a Mm -hmm. half of the season. And they had to figure out how to grind out as many wins as they possibly could with him being out. And then he comes back, and you see KZ get healthy, and you saw what Austin and, of course, Flores and Tomlin were able to do with a fully healthy defense. And it was something that was very good to see. So, yeah, I feel you. It hurts to lose a big name like that and to lose a valuable member of your organization like Flores is. But at the same time, I think Austin did a very good job last year and deserves to come back as the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was it was a weird timing, right? Keith Butler steps away after a decade-plus with the team uh, and in that role. Uh almost a decade in that defensive coordinator job because he, I think he came in in 2014, 2015. So almost a decade in that role specifically, but had been with the team for so much longer than just that. And in that very first year, you have to promote from within Terrell Austin. But at the same time, you have the opportunity to bring in Brian Flores and you've already given the position to Austin. It's not like a quarterback thing where you can have tryouts and have guys go out there and perform on the field and see, okay, well, I like this guy to be my starter and this guy to be my backup. I don't know how things would have unfolded if Brian Flores and his Miami fallout happened before the Steelers had had the chance to promote Terrell Austin to their D.C., right? I You don't know what would have happened. But I have no problem moving forward with Terrell Austin and without Brian Flores. Obviously, you'd like to move forward with both. But the fact that you get to choose between one or the other, you're not left completely empty-handed, is not the end of the world. Not the end of the world at all. And again, I think that Brian Flores should have been a defensive coordinator last year. He should have been a head coach. Could have been a head coach last year. That's what a lot of guys said on the team was that we feel really lucky we have multiple head coaches on this team. This was inevitable for sure. You were yes. pretty much on borrowed time with Brian Flores mm-hmm. the second that he signed on the dotted line to become a defensive assistant this year with the Steelers. You knew that dude was going to be moving up the ladder and moving up quickly because he got kind of a raw deal in Miami. I'm not saying that Miami's not in a good spot right now with Mike McDaniel as the head coach. I think they are. Different kind of guy, an offensive-minded guy instead of the defensive mind that Brian Flores is. But he got dealt a raw deal. The, the team performance did not merit a young coach with a young team getting fired. And that's exactly what happened to him. So it's good to see him 
already back on the track to being a head coach. You DC in Minnesota for a couple years, make the playoffs, have a good defense, and I think we're looking at bare minimum, if things go well, 2025, Brian Flores is back as a head coach. And it won't be hard to improve on the job that, I forget his name, the guy who got fired out of Minnesota, who Brian Flores is replacing. Because he was only there, Tom. Remember, he only came in at the beginning of this past season. So he was a one-and-done kind of guy. So hard to do much worse than him. And Brian Flores, who has defensive coordinator coaching position and head coaching uh, position experience already under his belt, like there's no doubt that he'll do a better job in Minnesota. And I'm of the same opinion as you is that maximum two years from now, he should be in the position to get himself a head head coaching job. Our fearless leader, Art Rooney, spoke recently to the media and one thing that I really found interesting and I think the one thing that I'm going to take and run with but not as fast as some people are taking and running with it is his comments about the draft and how he wants to draft defensively in this upcoming NFL draft. And people, I think, kind of took it as, oh, the offense has a lot of holes. Are we really going to be committed? I kind of took that as that's not a guarantee Mm-hmm. Obviously, you mm-hmm. can't guarantee unless you are the Bears, you can't guarantee anything in this year's draft because it, once the players start falling off the board, it's almost like uh, you're in the middle of a Saving Private Ryan battle scene when his hearing goes out and it's like, oh my God, who's still available? Mm-hmm. Who's our best player? <laughs> I think he'd want to go defense with the first pick. That's where I'm really, really taking that statement and running with it. I, I think that he's kind of hinting at corner is the position that they as an organization view as the one that they really need to get solidified. Uh, Because, again, remember, with that offensive line, we all think that you really want to add that stud, but kind of the talking points of the organization have been how it has improved over this year and how they're young and how they were happy with the way that the line came along Mm -hmm. this year. That's not to say that they don't think they need to get a stud, they just haven't really said that part out loud. Like mm-hmm. we have all kind of said it out loud. Understood, yeah, yeah. With the but with him saying that, uh, people sometimes were like, "Oh my god, are they going to use their first four picks on defense?" That's when you don't. No, the way I read into that is if the best player available, or if there isn't a massive drop off between the tackle and the corner, they're going to go corner with mm-hmm. that seventeenth overall pick. They're going to address the defensive side of the ball with their highest-picked prospect in this draft. That's what I read into it as. And to to that point, Tom, other than Devin Bush, the last five or six years or so, the Steelers have had success in those early rounds of the draft. So it's not like they're overlooking some certain player for another specific player, right? It's not like this was a couple years ago when they were looking at a running back because they desperately needed one because James Conner was no longer here after – his last couple of years had been not as great as his first year when he started uh, after Lev Bell left. And everyone was saying, oh, well, you can't really risk a, a running back in the first round. Well, Najee Harris was was worth the risk. And then this past year, oh, were you really best suited for going after Kenny Pickett as the first quarterback taken in the draft when the very next year you have all these talented guys coming in and you could have your pick from a lot rather than just look, put your eyes on one guy. Well, it's worked out pretty well so far for Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. And again, other than Devin Bush, I you haven't seen the Steelers really put too much emphasis on one guy in in the negative way. Does right? that make you worried though a little bit? Like kind of like, you know, when you're Are playing they due when, now yes, for a bad exactly. pick? Like no, when you're playing because the golf. Steelers, 
Spielers are not ever due for bad Okay, draft. like when you're golfing and going well and you're in the back of your head like, that double bogey's coming soon. Like, you're right. They've... You can't really like you, Jarvis Jones out of Georgia, bad pick, and and Devin Bush out of Michigan. And then you go to Artie Burns bad picks, too, bad pick. Artie Burns first round busts, but for Jones and and Devin Bush specifically, those guys came from blue blood programs, Georgia and Michigan defensive teams, great defensive units. Any team, right? Any team was going to take those guys at those positions. I mean, the Steelers. Feared that Devin Bush wasn't going to be there at what pick sixteen or seventeen. I agree with you on Bush. I'm going to push back a little bit on Jones because if you remember, he fell in that draft class, and that's why the Steelers were able to snag him a little bit later. But fell to fell to eighteen. He would have gone in the first round. Fell to eighteen. But is I'm that just, really falling that yes, far? Yes, because I'm just saying. Come on, remember how good he was at Georgia. Yeah, he I mean, was the best okay, player who in the fell, country. Who also fell from Georgia this past year in the draft? George Pickens. So like people fall exactly for different and for reasons. different reasons. But the Jones one wasn't injury related and he was falling, and the Pickens ones was. So, Bush, you're 100% right about, right. though. That guy was going in the top 10. Not for, If not for the Steelers' bust, it was another team's bust mm-hmm. waiting, waiting to happen. So, I don't. I, I am not too concerned with, are they going to overlook the offensive line, which obviously still needs help, has taken a huge step forward in 2022, but still needs more pieces to be more sustainable because they got so lucky with injuries. That's not going to happen. Or at least you don't assume that will happen two years in a row. So, But regardless of that, it does not worry me that they're going to say, oh, well, we really want this stud guy on defense. That's going to be our priority over the smart move to rebuild or, or help continue to build up the offensive line. And I think another reason why uh, Mr. Rooney said this was look at the past couple of draft class. First round offense, second round offense. Harris, Fryermuth. First round offense, second round offense. Pickett, Pickens, Pickens. Pickett, yeah. Like, did I say Pickens, 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 Pickens? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We know. But you know what I mean? <coughs> so, like, you see that kind of happening, and yeah, you needed to build that offensive side of the ball up. But at the same time, that's two years in a row now where your premier talents that you're picking, your top prospects, are on the one side of yeah, the ball. For you're, sure. you're paying attention to, and I think he's probably reviewing that, and he's going, maybe we're paying a little bit too much attention to that side of the ball early in the draft. I'm not saying that we absolutely needed to, you know, funnel all this stuff into the defense and, and get a lot of high prospects in the defense because we have a lot of veterans on the defense that are being paid big contracts right now. And by the way, we traded a first round pick for Minka, which is like a, a first round defensive pick too. But maybe you need to start investing some of that higher draft capital on the defense. Like, don't ignore the defensive side of the ball for too long because then it can really bite you. Yeah. So, DeMarvin Leal, correct me if I'm wrong, was the third round 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 pick. pick, Yeah. And then Alex Highsmith, also a third round 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 pick. pick. And that's getting back to 2020. So, the last three years on the draft, they've put that defense off to the middle rounds. the, The highest you've gone in defense is third round. Yeah. And I kind of agree with Mr. Rooney there, too. Like, that's probably too far. Too many you're years going too, to wait that long. You're for waiting a defensive too player long, too many years in a row to pick a defensive mm-hmm. guy. But that now, being, granted, that being said, the offensive guys they picked were good and, and granted, all playmakers. How do you factor Minka into that? That's what I'm saying too, because he is like, a first round Minka talent, technically and you was used a first your, round pick on him. Technically, technically was your first round pick in 2020, right? He was taken in 2019, but he joined your team in 2020 via a first round draft or via that year's first round draft pick. So. It's a it's, it's an it's, iffy one yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. but I just think that you know you 
you got to put a little bit of an emphasis on that defensive side of the ball now too because again yeah. guys are going to get older and mm-hmm. a, a big big spot that I really want to see them address in this draft and even you know with a guy maybe in the second round and then a guy maybe even in like the fifth round too same position is the defensive line because Cam is going to be leaving us at some point. Sure. It's just we don't know when a natural yeah. thing. You need to start stockpiling up the farm system behind him so that when he does leave, you have a, a serviceable unit up front in maybe the most important position in football, controlling that line of scrimmage from the defensive side. I mean, just look at what the Eagles did because of that this year. They're going to be playing on Sunday because of that. Right, and all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, you look at your secondary, Tom, Terrell Edmonds entering his sixth year in the league. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick entering his fifth year in the league. These guys, like, I, even though they're both relatively young, they've been around now for a long time. You have to kind of look at that window of saying, okay, our two best defensive players, maybe you can throw Cam Sutton in there, regardless if you want to do that or not. He's also been in the league for a long time. You can't just say you get two or three guys and you just let them be the two or three guys for all these years to come, and then you you add depth pieces or guys that can fill in as a three or a four. No, you have to keep replenishing. Remember, I know Steelers fans are adverse to the word rebuild because it shows a sign of something went terribly wrong, mm-hmm. but re-upping or, or just adding to what you've already had is totally, totally okay. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and So it doesn't bother me at all, again, Tom, to get back to the original point. To go after that stud dude on defense because you're at that window now, especially if you're going to eye that guy in the in the secondary. You're at that point now where your best players in your secondary have been here for a good amount of years. Yeah, so I I would lean towards my early drafting. You know, prognostication is lean towards a corner with that number seventeen pick. I've seen Christian Gonzalez from Oregon go. From Oregon, in yeah. I've seen Joey Porter Jr. Obviously from Penn State go. I think either one of those guys I'd be fine with. I think Joey Porter Jr. would be a media hellstorm in this For city sure. if that happens. I mean, what? so like two years in a row, right? You go Kenny Pickett, the local kid, or the the, the pick kid, and then Joey Porter Jr. The connection to a legend. To Peasy's yeah. son. So. Like, what, like, what would have happened if the quarterback was someone, Joe Schmo, whether it was Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis, and then it was the kid from Oregon— like the narrative completely changes. Yeah, but you can't be you can't shy away from good players because he's Joey Yeah, Porter's right, kid. right, right. Like, Just because you're like, "Oh, we don't want that that's the narrative." That's one side of it right, I right, don't right. get. What people are like, "You can't keep drafting all these familial connections and, you know, you, you, the buddy system. You can't keep doing that." Yeah, I agree to an extent. Like when you clearly see that maybe this is just a it's an issue, hire. and you're just it's it's a blindness. But Joey Porter Jr. is a need, mm-hmm. the cornerback position, and every time I do a mock draft, if you don't he's pick him at taken, 17, he's gone before he's you taken, get your pick at yeah. 32. So he's a first-round pick. Like, It's not like this guy that's uh, being mock-drafted into the fourth round and Steelers are taking him in the first round because he's right. Peasy's kid. Like, No, he's a first-round pick. For sure. Same with Pickett last year. Like, no, He's a first-round pick. He's going to get taken if you're not the team that takes him. So uh, I would go corner with that first pick. That's the way that I would lean towards. And then if I do that, I would really, really hope they go – Best offensive lineman available at 32. That's kind of the early, as we sit here blueprint, in February, yeah. blueprint that I'm, I'm I'm walking towards with our top two picks in the draft. And we, the last couple of years we've been doing the show, haven't been so off on 
our mock draft. I think we picked Pickett in our very first mock draft that we did in 2022. So, and if not in the, the first round, like he's he's fallen to he fell to us in the second round, and we still said, "Yep, yeah, take him there." And best case scenario, you got a first round talent, and then you got him in the second round. So basically, we're great. At and this. then you were, and then we were taking between uh, who were the three guys: Etienne, Najee Harris, yes. and um, oh, gosh. Carter. Yes, Carter from um, North Carolina. North Carolina. He went to Denver. No, not Carter. Javante Williams. Javante he Williams. went to Denver. Carter is also his, from North Carolina. His teammate that <laughs> went to the Jets, Javante Williams. But we were taking a running back in that in yes. that first round. So a ton of a ton of possibilities every year for a draft. Everything changes throughout the course of the offseason. And then once you get to the draft, you can never predict what the other 31 NFL teams will do. And that obviously affects what you end up doing. But we've kind of had the right idea of how to approach these drafts, or at least we've had the same idea of how the Steelers want to approach the draft. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Super Bowl 57 is underway. Radio Row is, as we speak right now, and it's not even like Radio Row madness. anymore. Have you noticed? It's, it's insanity. Just, like they're making, they made yesterday like an event. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's one of the best weeks of the year because we're going to hear some hilarious quotes coming out from the league, but. <clears throat> Already have. Uh, we'll do, later this week. We'll do a full breakdown of Eagles, Chiefs, prop bets, the the full Super Bowl preview, Steelers standard episodes. But you know, just quickly, what's your early temperature on this game? Because I think it's perfect. Like I think this is a match this, of this that sounds cliche, but the best two teams made it this year. Yeah. I, no, I, mean, I don't think it's cliche at all. And, and I think the Chiefs proved that because they went. The Bills got beat by the Bengals, and then the Chiefs therefore beat the Bengals. Like they went through. Who could potentially be the contender? The other for the team best. facing off, and in then the, the Eagles were just the creme de la creme from the jump, really, in the right. NFC. Yes, other teams rose up. The Niners were the one that rose up the most prominently, but in the end, the Eagles were always the best team. So you don't always get the two best in my no. mind meeting. That doesn't but guarantee is... that it's going to be a bad Super Bowl mm-hmm. when the two best don't, or that doesn't mean that just because you weren't the best team on paper that you're not a worthy champion. But in my mind, this is the best AFC team that we have versus the best NFC team that we have. Yeah, I mean, last year you didn't think the Bengals were the best team, no. but you still got a good Super Bowl out of it. And you know what? Were the Rams even the best team in the NFC? I mean, maybe you could great. make the Bucks case because that game was so close, too, in Tampa Bay when the Rams won. And then who else was there? The Niners? The Packers had lost yeah. early on. So, like, it wasn't as wide open of a field last year right. in the NFC as it turned out to be this year where it was just Eagles-Niners <clears throat> and really the Eagles. But along the way, there. like... The, the the Bengals took a little bit longer to get there yes. than other teams to an zero two start, and then the Bills. No, last year the lose. Bengals making the Super Bowl was like a Cinderella almost. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But th- this year the Bengals took a little bit longer, but eventually found their rhythm and won what nine games down the stretch. The Bills played their way into being the second best team. For yeah, sure. for sure. But they 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 were at times people considered to be the best team, and then they had some weird losses like the Minnesota loss. Um, but yeah, it was it was Kansas City and Philadelphia all the way. My current temperature is that I'm just hoping it's it's as good of a matchup or as good of a game as the matchup would make it seem it could be. Because I don't think 
either team really has an edge because you could say, oh, my gosh, this Philly defense is so dominant. How do you beat it? Maybe well, Mahomes the other is guy is Patrick it. Mahomes. and Maybe he's how you beat it. Exactly. Yeah, it's he's the best player on the field, bar none. Like, here's a question. Eagles are the best team. Bar none, I think, in the NFL. Like, it's it's best on best, and that's what I love to see. I, I love to see LeBron versus the Warriors, right. and that's kind of what you got here. You right. got a great, the best roster, I think, mm-hmm. on paper, Against and the best the player is going to try to take it out. This may be a dumb question, so apologies, but it's not as dumb as the question that was asked to Nick Sirianni yesterday. Did you see this? I didn't know. We have dumb questions already happening. <laughs> oh, my God. A reporter asked, is this a must-win game for that you? That was Damashek, wasn't it? Damashek always runs around and asks was that question. Really? He, I think you got God on that. One. I guess I got God. If it's God. not Damashek and it was a real reporter, then you're right. I That's guess stupid. I got God. But, but Damashek always loves to run around okay. during the Super Bowl and ask, "Is this a must-win game?" <laughs> and they're always like. Uh yeah, I think it is. I hope it. I hope that's. And the then Damage like, hilarious. yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, that is. That's it. Is a must win game. That's that hilarious. Sense. Yeah, I think you got. got okay, you got, that's fine. So you got to be on your toes on that's Super Bowl right. week. Sometimes the dumbest questions are just to get people like you yeah. into those traps. Anyway, so this will probably be dumber if that one was a a, a spoof of one by Damashek. Uh Is this game more like reliant on the play of Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Mahomes. I think the Eagles can win. Not without Jalen Hurts, but they can win with the pieces around Jalen Hurts. If they run the ball effectively, they can win with Gainwell and Sanders and Hurts running and, and make life easier on mm-hmm. on Hurts. If Mahomes has an off game, which I don't think he will, I don't think the Chiefs have any chance. Like, if, if Hurts is off, I think the defense and the running right. game can help. If Mahomes is off, like, he can't escape that pressure, his ankle's still bothering him or re-aggravates it, they're going to be in trouble in Kansas City. Yeah. So I'd say Mahomes... Okay. I I bring that up because I saw a stat that said on the two games the Eagles have played in the postseason since Jalen Hurts has come back, right? He is 4 of 12 on deep passes. He didn't even throw a pass in the fourth quarter against the Niners. And then 50% of those 12 deep passes have been what is considered inaccurate, like uncatchable. Yeah, that's the thing. They haven't been tested in this playoff run yet, the, the Eagles. I mean, the Niners were going to be the test. And, and it's then, not the Eagles' fault that Purdy got hurt. But you can't, like, the, the weird thing about that game is that Brock Purdy was out. But they torched their defense. The, I mean, exactly. So, like, how defense. is that possible? You get deflated when your yeah, quarterback's out, so. maybe. Yeah, it's such a shock to lose, the system. Especially when it's your third quarterback that you've lost. It was 7-7 to at one point yeah. in that game. Oh, my, that McCaffrey run, I thought was... The, the Niners, like, like okay. punch and saying, we are here. We're not, We're not gonna just going to bend over. Yeah, right. All right, one more thing I want to touch sure. on before we leave. It's a new segment I like to call, Is Tom Crazy? This is where I'm going to oh, throw man. a top five list at you, and then at the end you're going to tell me if I'm crazy or okay. not. All right? This one is the top five players in the NFL currently right now. Regardless of position. Regardless of position. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, AD, Aaron Donald. Number three, wow. TJ Watt. Number four, and this is where the take really comes in, Jason Kelsey. Number five, Justin Jefferson. That's tough. So, But here's why I made that list and before you say if I'm crazy or not and give your final ruling. I really just made that list to emphasize that I believe Jason Kelsey is a top five player in the NFL right now. He is so damn good at his craft. He is so damn important to that offensive line. Do you ever see, we've seen Pouncey do it, but not to the extent that he has, pooling centers, running down the field as athletically as he is. He, in my mind, is the best Kelsey brother. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue it. And he, in I my mean, mind, is it. up there and really should be considered, and I think will start to be, if he wins the second ring, 
one of the best centers Ever. in the history of the NFL. Well, the man isn't like just watching him this year and the playoff run, and then you know, obviously, since they're good, you kind of get reminded of how good he's been in his career. He's unbelievable to watch at that position. A true master at his craft. Yeah, he really is. And I don't even know if he needs a second ring to solidify. He's that. in the Hall of Fame no matter what right now. Because he's got one already. Yes. And you don't you don't need to count rings as an as a offensive lineman, right? That more so comes as like depoy guys or quarterbacks. But I think it really helps offensive linemen. If you get case there, for Hall of Fame. And especially if you do it and your team is the best at what you do, and that helps you get to the Super Bowl. Then I think it's it's a locked it's a lock for him to get in. I think he's so the best he's, player on the Eagles roster. Well, obviously, since I put him in my top five I in mean, the that, NFL. There's a lot of great players on that team. I would also put on a Tom Stradamus hat and say, if they do win this Super Bowl, even if they lose the Super Bowl, this could potentially be his last game. Jason Kelsey's thirty. Just he'll be thirty six years yeah. old. That's pretty yeah. old, and he's he's in the Hall of Fame already. So. I'll say this: If they win, I think it's pretty likely he might be like, "Ah, I'm good." I'm right good. now, are you not like? Do you think this team will? Are you rooting for a specific team right now? Not really, because I enjoy Mahomes' greatness, and I think that the Eagles. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Philly. It's very unique how the Eagles were supposed to be a dynasty when Wentz got injured and they won with Foles. They basically tore that entire team down, aside from Kelsey head, and John. head coach and quarterback. Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, like those are the three main guys that are still mm-hmm. around from those teams. That's pretty much it. Like you said, head coach, the support staff around him, everything was stripped down, mm-hmm. and now they're back five years later. Right, they're right back where they even were. the receivers, like Miles Sanders, was still there, but and they're they back now- and they might be better. They might be better this time than they were the first time. I think I think oh, they are better. Their defense is better. Yeah, and their offense was what I mean. Carson Wentz, it's it's been said so many times the last week, was going to win MVP that year mm-hmm. if he didn't get hurt in, like, what, week 15 or mm-hmm. week 16. And Jalen Hurts, do you think Jalen Hurts has an outsider's chance of winning MVP? Uh, he'll be runner-up. It's just going to be Mahomes? Mahomes. Like, I, I legitimately think Mahomes Jalen Hurts deserves it. Yeah, no, Mahomes deserves it. He he's been so much better than everybody. But else. yeah, you kind of you kind of have the added benefit of seeing both of these teams without their quarterback, right? Uh, kind of. Uh, uh, well, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, the Eagles in the regular season, and then the the Chiefs, Chiefs in the postseason. But then you saw him play hobbled, and you were thinking to yourself against the Bengals and thinking to yourself. Oh my God, this guy is literally putting his life on the line for this team. That's a little dramatic. I guess with the Demar Hamlin stuff for sure, but he he is risking further injury. Yes, rather than rather than putting in Chad Henney, he would rather be there to do it for them. Yeah, I mean, if I was Chad Henney, I'd be like, dude, what the heck? Get out of here! All right, so am I crazy or not? Oh, it's it's interesting. I think the only guy you could argue against is Jefferson, but he's just so good. So damn good. So damn good. Aaron Donald may be the stretch there just because he's getting yeah, older. Yeah, a little down year this year and he was getting older, but yeah. I bet you he comes back next year. I like really the good. TJ thing. Just be, Obviously, we're so biased, but... But he's so important. He, he, his... Well, did you list the most important people or best the players. best? He's the best players. Yeah, it's tough. Well, Mahomes is number one, though, right now. Mahomie. He is. He I was is. surprised you left off your, your boyfriend. Yeah, Joey Joe B. was right on the outside, but, I mean, Jefferson just is too... 
I it's, like well here's, I'm not here's gonna what I'm be gonna that say, guy Tom. that's like only I'm gonna quarterback. Com- only I'm gonna compliment your list. I like how there's one quarterback on Yeah, there. I got two defensive guys, I got an offensive lineman, I got a wide receiver. I'm an inclusive football guy. Yeah, I like that. You can listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. All you have to do is say Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart, and Alexa will take care of the rest. All right. Coming up next, very exciting. We're going to pick our offense for the Steelers' all-time Super Bowl team. That's on the way. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman, and this is the Steelers Standard. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 